0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today we're going to give you some tidbits of information, some uh, what were you we calling them, Delta? Did, Did you know? know? Did you know about Boink. Uh, that was Delta. I'm Jay Ringo. We host this thing every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Discord. Everyone's welcome to join through the text and voice chat. We got a good crowd with us today. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all drinking wonderful things and, and watching Delta because he decided. Not to get tea today, but to get on cam with apple cider, just to rub it in. So I don't, I don't know what you're. Non-alcoholic.
1: We don't do science while we're drunk here.
0: Is it apple cider baseline non-alcoholic?
1: Isn't that the thing? Yeah, it's basically just fizzy apple juice.
0: That's oh, delicious. I once went to uh, someone. They had a, a friend of mine had a uh, apple cider press, and they had their own apple, like little apple orchard thing. Oh, that was the best cider I have ever had. <laughs> Whew
1: well this cider actually has a little bit of sto- uh, a little bit of a story so this one is an apple and raspberry cider so they've included a little bit of raspberry in it and it comes from bilpin and uh it's what we call here in australia the apple country at, at least in new south wales and uh yeah they're up in the mountains and they got hit really bad with the bushfires so i said okay uh, on the weekend i might as well go down and see all the damage from the bushfires and so It was lucky that this cider company, they only had one spot fire on their property. But everywhere else you went up there, uh, you could see all the blackened trees and you can see all the dead branches and the stuff that they had to cut down, stuff they had to remove from the road, everything. And so, uh, yeah, I thought I'd go and support Bilpin, Bilpin Cider Co. Uh, And uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week where I may or may not have a beverage
0: whoa Oh no, you are going to have that That's a good a thing. That's
1: it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs>
0: okay. All right.
1: I'm looking forward to this, I
0: think. Uh yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> I guess we'll get started with the show. Yeah. All right. Uh kicking off with a little news this week. There's not too much, but we do have uh two things. Delta, how about you go first?
1: Right. Okay, we have a mega prime. <laughs> another one. Woo! <laughs> so uh, the main, the two main prime number projects are uh, SRBase and PrimeGrid, and we found another mega prime using uh, SRBase, and uh, we found a mega prime which is one hundred and sixty-six multiplied by four hundred and forty-three to the power of four hundred and thirty-two thousand plus one. And that's 1.14 million digits.
0: That's a lot of digits.
1: Yep. <laughs> it entered the top 5,000 Chris Chadwell's, uh, uh, sorry, not Chadwell's, Coldwell's uh, largest known Prime database. Cheers to that. <laughs> hey. Was that a could clink? You, could you hear my clink? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can I'm clap your own
0: arm. I, I can clink my own glass.
1: Right, we've got the clapper and the clinker. It's actually pretty good.
0: Uh, All right. uh, Also, coming out of World Community Grid, uh, there was just a very nice article uh, sort of talking about um, Boink, essentially, through World Community Grid. Uh, There is a a cruncher named Sawyer uh, who uh, is really into computers, started building crypto miners when he was 11, uh, and his dad was diagnosed with cancer, and he thought, well, I can... Uh, It's a long article, so I'd recommend you read it. But he thought that uh, I I can contribute to uh, cancer research by contributing my computer to uh, World Community Grid. And he did just that. He created a team, and uh, his goal was to contribute 100 years of computing time to World Community Grid's Mapping Cancer Markers Project. Uh, And his uh, team has already... uh, I think surpassed that, and they're now trying to get one thousand years of computing time uh, by September twenty twenty. So it's just a nice little story talking about uh, sort of bringing the the personal aspect, the community aspect of, of Boink into uh, into view. Like here's someone who's personally affected by cancer and uh, contributes computation power to just because it's a personal thing. It turns out there's, there's people here too. Makes a little community, and uh, you find support and uh, friendships and all that stuff along the what, way. What, you think
1: we're all robots? Uh,
0: I don't know, dude. You drink a lot <laughs> of liquid. I, if I were a robot, I'd need a lot of liquid.
1: Yeah, but you need lubricant, not water. That'll rust you. That's a good point. I'll have to rethink my uh, my hypothesis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: that's about it uh, for news. So Slow news day. Slow news day. Uh, oh, the I, I just thought of something. The Boink uh, cont- no, 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 not the PCC. The Boink Projects call. One of the main, the quarterly Boink call is next Thursday. Uh, that's for uh, projects and uh contributors and the like. Uh, it takes place every three months, and it, you get updates from Boink projects and development and stuff like that. So, if you are on the uh, mailing list for Boink, check your email for more details on that, and uh, keep an eye out for news uh, coming up after that. We'll disseminate some cool information i'm sure we learn about during the call who's pumped for that i know i am yeah (laughs) all right so facts and tidbits about boink hit me with some did you knows dude
1: oh well i think we should probably start with some basic stuff um maybe start with the history then Did you know that SETI at Home was the one that started Boink?
0: You know what? I didn't know that. But then we did our four-episode tribute to SETI at Home. And did you know that it was created (laughs) by this guy named David Getty, who was inspired by the Apollo launches in the the 60s?
1: And I keep thinking it's David Getty, which is a music artist. (laughs) Nope, definitely not him. (laughs) We can wish, though. Yeah, uh, it all started with SETI at Home, uh, and David Getty was inspired by the idea of screensavers and getting people to leave their computers idle and crunch for science in the background while uh, they were just leaving their computer to do what it wants to do. And what it wants to do was fast Fourier transforms with SETI at Home so they can try and find some aliens. And did you know
0: that they chose aliens not because of the science, the actual science behind it. They chose aliens because it was something they thought people would get interested in. And their goal was to get people interested in science. That's
1: that's pretty cool. Yep. And now with Boink, how it is now, uh, it's really good for getting people at least a little bit hands-on with science when they've never been hands-on with it before. And uh, just like how... Seti at home may have inspired a lot of people to approach science and uh, start studying it. Hopefully, Boink can do the same. Right now, Amen. Amen. Uh, the other history point that I had was: uh, Did you know that Boink was actually not the first distributed computing platform? The first distributed computing platform, or at least one that's earlier than Boink, uh, and was open to the public, is Distributed.Net. I'm not old enough to know if there's anything before that so i i'm I'm ready to stand corrected i think that's one of the early ones i
0: also like it feels like there was something before but that's the popular one i know of
1: they did what math uh distributed.net uh they they do a lot of math stuff and uh it is still going today because uh, there is a boink project called i think it's yo-yo at home that connects to distributed.net through boink and actually com, uh, computes its optimal golem ruler. Uh, and so you can contribute to distributed.net by actually going and crunching yo-yo at home. So it's pretty cool.
0: Huh. Well, cool. so that's like the IberCV thing where there's like another uh, distributed computing network and, and the Boink yep. brings it all together. Yep. Cool stuff. That's like, that's a part of Boink. Did you know that you can use Boink to connect two different distributed computing networks? I did not know that until very
1: recently. It's a pretty cool utility. So, meta, we can have like the big boink network and then the sub networks. Oh, god, I did networking, don't even talk about sub networks.
0: (laughs) Uh, I just like the name big boink network. We got the big boink boy over here
1: just doing some big boink crunching. Uh, No, we're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And just quickly in the chat, uh, Tao just mentioned can we do the same with folding at home? Uh, For those of you that don't know, folding at home, it's another distributed computing project, Uh, they mainly focus as you can assume in the name, on Folding Proteins. And it may be possible to connect with Folding at Home, uh, but probably not sometime in the the near future, but maybe sometime down the track if the necessity is there.
0: I've always thought about, because I think it would be really cool to have them connected, I always thought that Folding at Home would have to integrate into Boink, but if Boink can just connect to their network through a project,
1: yeah. Interesting. Yep, that should be good. All right, um, anyone else have any more history points before we move on?
0: Uh, uh, what was the first project
1: besides SETI? Uh,
0: oh, was it
1: um, was it Einstein?
0: It could have been Einstein, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I think it was Einstein. I, I don't think. corrected. I don't think either of us are confident in that at all. <laughs> I, I think it was Einstein, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, let's go on to some basics. So for those of you that are listening that um, probably don't know much of Boink, I know most people in here are pretty good with Boink But for anyone listening who's new to Boink, who's uh, uh, not too sure about Boink, doesn't know much about Boink Here are some basic did you knows we can quickly run through uh, Boink. Did you know that Boink runs on almost every computer platform? So anything you can think of, Android, uh, Windows, Mac, Linux, um, even on the Raspberry Pi, even on ARM uh, but the only thing that it doesn't really go on on modern platforms is iOS. So mobile, Apple, Apple mobile.
0: Cool, 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 cool.
1: Yep. Did, uh, next one. What, oh.
0: did, on. yeah. did you know that absolutely anyone can make a Boink project?
1: Entirely permissionless system.
0: Wow. <laughs> not fun, and you just do your, do your
1: code work and get your server set up. Boom, Boink project. I mean, it takes a little bit more than that, but yeah, <laughs> that's no, it. It's just, you just button it, it.
0: You just hit button, set it, and forget yeah
1: <laughs> uh, i think the developers are trying to turn it into oh you hit a button and then it starts up <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes it would be really cool all right and a little misconception here did you know that boink does all types of science and not just uh 19 or biology related projects so for those of you that are coming to boink first you're probably seeing all of the COVID 19 stuff and help find a cure for the coronavirus it's not all about biology here. We got lots of different projects. We got space, we got maths, uh, we got what else we got? We got space maths, genetics, computation, networking, chemistry, uh, quantum mechanics, environmental stuff. Thanks, Tal, for helping me. Um, we can uh, try and save water in Africa. Uh, we can find a better solar panel. Um, it's there's lots of stuff that you can do in Boink and there's lots of uh, people that are smart enough and lots of scientists that can get behind this stuff to turn it into a project so there's a lot of variety it's not just coronavirus and COVID-19 related stuff uh, you can do a whole lot more
0: and actually 12 hold on. did you know that there are with all these projects there's at least 29 public Boink projects out of more than 12 universities around the world. And uh, so there's 12 universities and then probably like four or five corporations that run a couple foundations and a bunch of independent projects.
1: So- And some laptops in a closet.
0: Yeah, those would be the independent projects. It's like, wow, 29, projects on the boink.berkeley.edu website so i know this thing is not entirely accurate i know there are more projects than this uh our friend uh tomas is actually building his own project he was in here working on his project badges a little earlier uh 29 projects 12 universities around the world and then institutions like cern uh and then the max Planck institute and uh, the, the Russian Academy of Sciences and, and IBM and, and stuff like that. Like, what? Big names. We all Whew. know them. I'm dropping the mic after I've got so many mics. I drop <laughs> them all after every time I said something.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, yep. So did you know that you can run Boink only when you aren't using the computer? So the point of Boink, as we specified a little bit earlier, was to run in idle. So when your computer's not doing anything and there's a screensaver on, um, you're going to want to run Boink. Uh, it happens more often than you think with your computer. You'll often like walk away to go to go get a sandwich or something, or go get a lovely bilpin cider, and then spend about five minutes trying to open it. Um, and <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Boink is meant to run on idle computing hardware, and it is made for it. But it all it is also made to run constantly. If you want it to run constantly, like I do, um, and yeah, so uh, the great thing about the idle, um, uh, the idle computing part of it is that we also want idle hardware as well. So hardware that's not being actively used, hardware that's decommissioned, hardware that's just older now, and no one wants to use it anymore because it's slow it can still be used for Boink. Boink can run on a whole load of different things, and it's compatible with a whole load of different hardware. So chance, chances are, if you pick up a computer, most likely it can run Boink.
0: Yeah, and just to uh, clarify a little bit, y- you can use Boink, you can run Boink whenever your computer is on. It doesn't need to be idle, but it is optimal to use it when it's idle. Like it's, it's The, the concept behind Boink is, if you're not using your computer or your hardware, hook it up to Boink and contribute to this network.
1: Yep, and I like to run it 24-7. Right right now, I've got a couple cores of my CPU running. Uh, what am I running? Uh, Yo-Yo at Home, by the looks of it. And uh, it's not interfering with anything. My computer has, uh, I think, uh, four logical cores, eight, um, eight, eight total threads. So using two cores is not going to interfere with much, and it's not doing much here, other than warming up my room. Did you know
0: that blinking boink, Hardware can double as a space heater (laughs) oh yeah
1: we should should probably do that one yeah um yeah i i i I don't know if you guys can see my room here it's basically and by the way that's a mirror it's not my body double right um (laughs) there's a uh, uh my room is basically lined with bricks um and it's really good at keeping the heat in but it's also really good at keeping the cold in So what I like to do is I like to close the door and run uh, some Boink projects on my computer, both running on the CPU and the two GPUs that I have in there. And it really warms up the room. So um, it's great for keeping things warm, especially in the Australian winter. What are we? I got a thermometer up here. What are we at? 15 degrees Celsius. Uh, I don't have that in Freedom Units, unfortunately. Just assume it's like 70. Oh, wait, hold on. There is Freedom Units on it. Hold on. 60. 60 Freedom Units.
0: That's not too bad. There you go. Yeah, I can tell you're wearing, like, three hoodies right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Two. <That's true>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Cool. Cool. Uh, did you know, Delta, that... What do I know? Uh, there are over 165 publications that have come out of Boink and Boink
1: projects. Uh, and I need a clap for this. That's a normal clap what happened to your elbow clap what that that is an elbow clap what are you talking about what are you talking about? i you have just to clas- press the button with my elbow
0: oh my god this whole time i was picturing you like <laughs> clapping your elbow and no, holding my down the secret with your is hand. out oh no <laughs> this is why if you listen to the last episode you hear me injure myself at the end of the show because i just
1: smacked my, my elbow <laughs> oh my god Did the trade secret <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah 165 publications at least they're very
1: likely more um so cool stuff uh that's that's a lot of publications coming out of boink and with these publications uh you can actually get your name onto them so if you crunched the relevant work unit or if you participated in the research or even the um even in the appendix of the uh, of the research paper, they might even just list a whole bunch of computer names or host names or usernames from all the uh, computers or people that actually crunched the point Project. And this was um, really relevant to a couple years ago where Einstein at home uh, published uh, the discovery of the two black holes colliding. jaringo if you have the soundboard up, you can get the sound of them colliding. Otherwise, you can just insert what? it. What? Okay, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and yeah, so Einstein at Home released a paper of the two black holes colliding, and they mentioned a whole bunch of Einstein at Home users who participated in the work units that actually contained the signal of the black hole going blip, blip.
0: I didn't know that. That's a That was a, like huge science news. I didn't know. The-
1: yeah, it was back in the day, uh, a, couple, a good couple of years ago, I think now.
0: Yeah, huh, cool. I did not know that.
1: Uh, Another good project that uh, you can get your name onto stuff is uh, PrimeGrid and other math projects. Because when you find a mathematical number or something, uh, you you can get your username and computer name, uh, both on the prime number or whatever else you discover, like the amicable number as well. I I want my name on amicable number pairs because I want that necklace. Oh, the J-Ringo necklace will cost a lot of money. Well, I, you, yeah. you can auction it off for charity. <laughs> uh, to find a new Boink project. All right, did you know that currently, or at least most recently, uh, there is a total of over 9 trillion Boink credits of computation for only scientific work? So that's excluding something that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But 9 trillion credits of computation. And how many floating point operations is that, uh, J-Ringo?
0: Uh, so the the average, the twenty four hour average of the Boink network is currently twenty seven and a half petaflops.
1: Uh, Whoa, that's like nope. in the top what something supercomputers? Top five, top ten? No, oh, top five. Wow. I'm I'm going to
0: confirm that really quick.
1: Cool. Yeah. So um basically, we gave two similar metrics. So nine trillion is the total sum of all the credits, and jeringo is going off of the recent average, which is the current operating speed of the Boink network. Uh, and so yep. uh yeah that's just, that's it so where are we Ringo, in terms of rank
0: ah uh, we've dropped a little bit i think we're no we're oh, no. five we're five
1: we are five
0: <laughs> so the top uh supercomputer is ibm summit at 148 petaflops sierra the ibm also uh is 94 petaflops sunways tiahu light is 93 petaflops uh The Tianhe 2A is uh, 61 petaflops, and then the Frontera is 23 petaflops. So we're between the Tianhe, maybe, however to
1: say that, and the Frontera. All right, so we're doing pretty good anyway. Uh, But yeah, it should be noted that uh, credits and floating point operations are a bit Mm -hmm. difficult to uh, calculate. So the calculation may be off by a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, with point credits, they're pretty much meaningless other than just a representation of how much you've actually computed.
0: And Stackpop, great correction here. Uh, the top supercomputer computer in the world is actually folding at home these days with 2.4 exaflops. I think you're right with that. Uh, so we're sixth. Ah, oh, dang. But <laughs> uh, Folding at home is a, a great project to be bumped down by. So
1: much respect to them. Uh, all right. Uh, Some more statistics, Uh, there are more than 4 million users that have ever touched Boink. So that's 4 million users who logged into a project or signed up to a project. Uh, But unfortunately, only 100,000 of them are currently actively participating. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, It means we've reached 4 million people, but only 100,000 of them have actually stayed.
0: Yeah, that's that's an issue.
1: <laughs> well, it might not. Uh, it might not be an issue because maybe a good million or a good chunk of those users would have come on and then stayed on for maybe what three months or something, and then said and then just f- forgot about Boink. Um, and so this does bring up the issue of uh, actually a- attracting people to Boink and uh, keeping them here. Yeah, brings up the issue. That's an issue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Disagree. And agree at some point. <laughs> the the issue is user retention. Uh like how the way you keep people here is you keep them entertained, keep them engaged. It's not easy to do.
1: And that's why we're here. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then the projects are getting better at it. Was that at home? We were just talking about this on a, another podcast. Was that at home is getting really good at it? Well, community grid is really good at it. Um yeah, so pretty cool. All right. That's a lot. A lot of people, though. 100,000 actively participate in yeah. the world. And of those 100,000, did you know there's 700,000 active computers? Uh, That's a, yeah, wow, okay.
1: Boom. Yeah, so uh, one person can manage multiple computers. I know that I personally manage a lot of computers. I got this one here. I got my server behind there. I got my phone, Um, and I think a Raspberry Pi or something in the other room. But I haven't touched that in a while. <laughs> so people can have more than one computer attached to one user, and that's why we see we see seven hundred thousand computers versus one hundred thousand people.
0: Yeah. wow. I mean, I know some of the people contributing to Boink have just rigs up the Wazoo more than seven computers. It's like, how do you even manage that stuff, man? It's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> I was skimming the subreddit, and apparently, someone's made a little tool that allows you to quickly spin up Boink on a whole bunch of different computers. So. That's pretty cool.
0: Oh, yeah. And regular week last week was like 12 phones. I think each of one is a computer.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. And yeah, so uh, th- these are active computers. So these are the ones that are actively crunching, uh, not the total number of computers that we've had running. Uh, but anyway, um, on to teams now. Uh, the current statistics, or at least the latest, um, we have a total of uh, 110,000 different teams. But only 10,000 teams are active. Uh, For those of you that don't know what a team is, it's basically a little structure that you can use to gather your friends, uh, compete with each other, compete against other teams, participate in marathons or pentathlons. Uh, Not physical pentathlons, but boink pentathlons. (laughs) Um, And yeah, uh, you can go and compete with others and represent your country even if you want.
0: Cool. Cool. Cool trying to think if there's any like team stuff that happened recently or in, any challenge australia came
1: to... 13th on the pentathlon. did
0: you know that australia came in 13th place on the Boeing Pentathlon? did you know that the boink pentathlon has been going for like 13 years uh one of the longest running boink project or boink challenges or maybe it's 11 years or something like that but it's more than
1: 10 good it, uh, and the purpose of Teams is to encourage uh, people to uh, participate in gamification. So it it sort of gamifies the whole Boink system where you try and get the most credits and then compete with others to get more credits. And so you can be better than them and say, hey, look at all my credits. And they say, hey, look at all my credits. And then you got to go up the leaderboard and <laughs> keep competing with them. And in competing with them, you do science. So it benefits everyone.
0: Yeah, and it also ties into uh, Sawyer's story that we talked about in the news. Like, it's it's about community too. You get to meet people, and uh, you know, you might have a national team, you might have a school team. Uh, World Community Grid in the past has done uh, school engagement initiatives where uh, the students, I think, competed against the teachers in boinking. Uh, so, uh, yeah, community aspect and the gamification aspect, absolutely, they're great. He comes to ask if we know where the uh, most teams are existing. And he subtly says Europe. I have no idea. I think it might be Europe.
1: Yeah, it's either the Europe or the US or international teams. You can set your team to be international. Um, but yeah, I I can't really tell you which one's the most popular. Uh, according to stats. I don't think you can actually categorize it by team if I'm not... Uh, sorry, by country if I'm not mistaken, but... Yeah, I I can't really get that through. But yeah, Boink is mostly popular in the US and uh, Europe and I think Asia as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there's quite a few Asia teams up there. Did you know that Boink is entirely open source from the organization to the code and anyone can contribute and participate? So not only is the infrastructure permissionless and that anyone can make a Boink project whenever they want, Anyone can fork the code and make their own Boink infrastructure whenever they want. I don't think anyone really wants to, but it's a thing that you can do.
1: Uh, and anyone can hey, build it out. I might want to make my guttering project.
0: Well, that doesn't mean you need to rebuild the entire or recompile the entire infrastructure. <laughs> Just build your point project. And you are more than welcome to because of the permissionless aspect. Yay. <laughs> For, for folks who don't know, open source means that you can read the code and contribute and change it to however you want uh, to fit your needs. Uh, so come on in and contribute if you're a developer. Uh, if you're a, an emerging developer, there's lots of introductory issues with the Boink client in term, that that will get you up to speed with the client and help you learn how to code and and get you familiar with the open source workflow. But uh yeah the more the merrier there's some great developers here on the discord if you want to learn more about what developing with boink is like uh, uh otherwise just jump on the github repo and say say hello
1: or we can come on the discord and say hello
0: <laughs> GitHub, it. it's
1: a... you never woke up this morning you without tea you don't wake. <laughs> no, but you don't just go on github and say hello to people
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's what it's I do. for
1: work It's where you do the work <laughs> I mean, you can react with an emoji on some of the things and give, like, a wave.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go onto all it. the repos that we're on together and just say hello, just for that. Nothing else. <laughs> I'm going to make a new issue and just says hello. Fine. <laughs> I won't do it. Tell who is a new dev who's been uh, contributing and learning the code himself, says, yes, you can. Just go on, say, I'm a new dev here. I want to help. And people will jump in and say, wonderful. Glad to have you here. Here's what we specifically know we want to work on. Here are some issues that we know are fairly straightforward, et cetera. People will point you in the right direction. It's a good way to get uh, guided into uh, where to go. Because Boink is huge as a software, uh, as a code base. So it's very difficult just to jump into it. You're definitely going to want someone who's experienced uh, to give you a, a, a little pointers.
1: All right. Well, maybe I'm just the angry old developer. I don't like people saying hi on my repository. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it, jeez. Fine. (laughs) All right, what else we got? Uh, Let's move to projects. Um, Yeah, so we were talking about screensavers earlier. And uh, did you know that uh, when Boink started with screensavers, it encouraged a whole lot of the new projects to actually adopt screensavers too? And I am angry at those projects that don't have screensavers because they really should. It's true.
0: How easy is yeah. it to make a screensaver? Like, what's, what's the special? Oh, it's threshold it is there?
1: a little bit difficult because um, you do need to know a little bit of graphics, uh, and you'd much rather put more of your effort into actually um, programming the Boink project and the application itself rather than the screensaver.
0: It's um, like I often say: scientists like to science and not so much communicate.
1: So, yeah. And that's what we're doing here. We're communicating and Ooh. maybe uh, we can make another screensaver.
0: Hey, if anyone wants to come in and make a screensaver for a project,
1: come on in. I might Who be doing it? that for uh, when I, for next semester of university. Next semester, I think I've been saying I'll be doing development uh, in Boink. So uh, I might maybe make a screensaver. You never know. I think that's a great idea. Just
0: find projects out there that need screensavers, throw them together, get it done.
1: Yeah, and so going on the point as well, uh, so uh, screensavers were a very uh, centripetal component in the very early projects. So stuff like Einstein at home, they have a screensaver. Uh, Oh, sorry, excluding SETI at home, we got Einstein, they had a screensaver. Rosetta, they had a screensaver. Most of the really early projects had a screensaver, but all the new ones don't really focus on it that much. Do you know why that is? Probably because uh, the, tra- the times have changed. Not many people use screensavers anymore.
0: Well, the whole point of uh, Boink and SETI at home was to get people involved. Their initial grant requests, or whatever you want to call it, when they went out to try to get started, says it, it highlights the screensaver part. Like, we're going to make a project to search for aliens and have this really cool visualization with a screensaver uh, because we want to get people involved in the science. So all the early projects thought like that. And, you know, it was a screensaver because at the time uh, you had Electric Sheep, which was a distributed computing screensaver. And you had, uh, like, 3D pipes and 3D maze and all the wonderful screensavers. My favorite, the Windows 95 logo bouncing around the edges trying to get into the corner, but it never does. Like, come on. Has anyone ever seen that logo get in the corner? I don't think so. Uh, So, (laughs) like, screensavers were hot back then. Um, So it was a – the screensaver was – like, yeah, I mean, blanks is a beautiful infrastructure, but the screensaver was blank back then. It was very, very important. And I think you're right. It's just people now are just using the infrastructure to build uh, a project and then using the existing user base to crunch that project They're not so much thinking about getting more people in or growing the user base or, or, uh, user retention. They're thinking more about using the uh, hardcore contributors that already exist, and there's about a hundred thousand of them. But uh, a little downer here: the network will not grow if that is the thought to con- that continues to exist. You can't just live off of hardcore, diehard contributors who love science and distributed computing. Uh, you got to be able to grow.
1: Yeah. And, uh, that's why I'm still an advocate of screensavers. Um, I definitely know that in the early days of me using Boink, like what, five years ago, I think, uh, I, I used to show my parents, I said, Hey, look, uh, I'm crunching, uh, fast Fourier transforms with Einstein trying to find gravitational waves. And they say, wow, look at that screensaver. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's how I got a good couple of people interested. um, and yeah, I just think screen saves are great and I'll see about working on them when I start having some time to help contribute to the BOINC code.
0: Sweet!
1: All right, uh, here's another point uh, and an interesting little piece of history as well. Earlier I mentioned we had uh, about 9 trillion uh, credits worth of scientific work uh, and what that what that was about was uh, what's called uh, BOINC, uh, BOINC combined statistics with or without uh, ASICs. So ASIC stands for Application Specific Integrated Circuit, uh, and usually on Boink stats, what that means is just simply including or excluding the the Bitcoin Utopia project. And so in history, uh, Boink was actually used to mine Bitcoin in the early days, uh, but the project soon died out, uh, and it left with us a huge number of credits, 30 trillion credits, because lots of people wanted to mine Bitcoin apparently. Uh, And so that's just a little bit of point of history. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. This is an interesting, just to
0: go off that a little bit, it's an interesting tidbit going back to uh, the story uh, that we opened with World Community Grid and uh, Sawyer. So uh, Sawyer got into computers by building crypto miners, which is amazing to me because you get into computers through crypto, I I guess it's an age difference thing, right? (laughs) Uh, And a lot of people got into Boink from Bitcoin and from uh, other crypto projects. So it's it's interesting how they're all related. Cryptocurrency is essentially just distributed computing uh, and Boink is distributed computing, So they're tied together just naturally. Pretty interesting.
1: Yep. And uh, also just another quick did you know related to this, there are uh, cryptocurrencies where you can actually crunch Boink and earn The coins as well if you want to do some research on that on your own Uh, but it does help out with the projects here in boink and they provide a lot of computing power to uh, lots of different projects
0: this is true there are several uh projects that do it and there are a lot of projects building more layers uh on top of boink Dealing with cryptocurrencies, there's some projects doing distributed computing without Boink and involving cryptocurrencies because the the tools that blockchains provide are very, very fascinating and uh, seem to work pretty well. So and I'm looking forward personally to how that space evolves in the uh, near to not too distant future. Maybe there'll be a screensaver and, for it.
1: Oh, <laughs> the distributed screensaver. <laughs> uh, um, I was I going to say? Yeah, I think the great benefit of it is that it brings, uh, I think as you said earlier, it does bring a lot of people into Boink, and a portion of those people will stay with Boink, So we can get a lot of scientific computing done.
0: You can go back to my I talk at a workshop. I think that's like the first thing I said, like you can love or hate cryptocurrencies and blockchains or, or the communities or whatever. But the fact of the matter is there are a lot of passionate people in the crypto space. And if you have uh, crypto bringing those people into Boink, which is uh, a passionate space already, you're just gonna grow. And like we've said a lot in many episodes and including this one, Boink needs to grow. Or it's not going to survive the ad advert- you got to give it water. you got to give it fertilizer. you got to give it, it cre- sunshine. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's not going to survive the competition that is coming around the corner, if it does not grow.
1: All right, uh, are there any other did you knows before I get on to the fun ones? <laughs> mm. Do we have any in the chat? Uh, no, it looks like just people arguing about screensavers. Oh, I got one. I got one. What'd you got? what do you got? You no, know, that
0: Boink was used to break uh encrypted messages from World War Two. It was used in the past couple of years oh, to do yeah. it, and they actually finished and broke all the messages.
1: Yep, that's uh Enigma at home.
0: Yep. That was a very interesting project. Like talk about creative projects.
1: And that's the that's one of the projects that went in, did its work and came out with everything absolutely completed. There were a couple projects that did uh that did that too if I'm not mistaken, but yeah that's the most spectacular one. I think it deserves a clap. Hold on.
0: <laughs> oh, That's great.
1: Uh, did you know, did you know, Delta,
0: that Boink can uh, host data from any open or commercial field uh, for data analysis so long as uh, the data can be formatted for Boink's processes? It doesn't need to be just science and math, although, you know, I'm sure you agree with me when I say the science and the math stuff is the super important stuff, but it can do Probably business and financial analytics stuff and uh, other commercial tasks, as long as that data can, it can fit with its processes, with its infrastructure.
1: It can do anything that a computer can do. And uh, a good other did you know is that you can actually plug in a sensor into your computer and Boink can use the sensor. So if your computer can do pretty much anything, then Boink can do pretty much anything. And uh in terms of uh, also another interesting did you know point in terms of the data processing, because you might have a lot of data and it might be hard to store it, uh, there was someone who created a alternate repository or tried to fork the um, BOINC code to get it supported with um, the bit uh, the BitTorrent protocol. So instead of having to store the uh, the pro- uh, the project data or the project application, on one single server and have everyone gather to that server, what you do is you'd have it distributed across all the different computers and they'd all help each other to download and distribute the work units.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Huh.
1: And yeah, there's some great sensor projects too. You got radioactive at home that, uh, tries and finds all the radiation in, the places with the most uh, nuclear reactors. We do have some people in Australia who are, are actually using radioactive at home, but unfortunately, we don't have any. Um, we don't have any nuclear power plants here. Uh, comes in the chat uh, uh, says earthquakes. Yes, there was an earthquake project, but it is defunct now. Um, it's it's not doing any real work. Uh, what it did was um, it used your little accelerometer in your computer. Uh, to figure out if there were any very small vibrations or something. And I don't know how accurate that was, but it was interesting to see it go.
0: Yeah. And uh, Sackpop, I don't know where we could find that stat. He asked how many computer years, uh, computing years have been given so far. And that's a metric that, uh, again... Back to our story about sawyer from the beginning uh so he his his original goal was to give 100 years of computing to world community grids uh mapping cancer markers project or, or whatever it's called and uh, that's just that stat is if a computer was running non-stop for 100 years right so when you a, a good way to measure distributed computing networks is well 600 of us each ran a computer for one day so that's 600 days of compute hours in that done in that one day. So that's like, that's a lot, that's huge. Uh, but I don't know where we could get that that number. I know World Community Grid can uh, sometimes compile their individual project stats, but I don't know. Delta, do you have any ideas where we could find that?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, not. Uh, it is also a little bit of a loose sort of statistic, so it really depends on the initial parameters. But yeah, well, Community Grid knows how to do it, and they have their own little way of doing it. But unfortunately, there's no open statistics on Boink Stats or any other things like that that'll give you that statistic. Dang, wish there was. Oh well. All right, let's get on to some fun stuff. What
0: you haven't okay. been having fun this whole time?
1: No, because I've been waiting to get to the fun stuff. <laughs> okay, did you? Did you know that we have not created a mini black hole at the Large Hadron Collider? If
0: I did know that, I wouldn't be alive, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Very true, and that's why this is fun. Okay. <laughs> You're
0: right. I'm enjoying this already.
1: <laughs> yes, so that brings up a little bit of a topic. So um, some of the BOINC projects here can do some dangerous stuff, um, Like, and I'm going to go through some of them now. But in terms of LHC, uh, the reason why we're doing simulations is to both protect the detector and protect the uh, the collider uh, from actually damaging itself and also to simulate what goes on inside of it. And, uh, and with the Large Hadron Collider, we can simulate all, all sorts of stuff, including whether we can make a black hole. But I don't think they've accounted for that in their calculations or anything because it's probably just too wildly um, improbable to actually occur. All right, uh, next, did you know? Did you know that we have not created a Skynet yet and the computers are not ready to take over?
0: Also, a- another one where if I did know, I don't think I'd be alive. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: you'd just be enslaved by the computers.
0: I mean, let's, let's get real here. We already are.
1: <laughs> you, you're going too deep here, Jeringo.
0: <laughs> right, right. Keep it light. Keep it light. It's Friday evening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keep
1: it light like the cider. <laughs> Hey, eh,
0: Nice moves, nice moves.
1: All right. Uh, but yeah, we have not created Skynet yet. Uh, and that the, the reason why I say yet is because I haven't really seen any neural network stuff on Boink. Uh, there may be some hidden project that I don't know about, but uh, as far as I know, there aren't that many AI projects for Boink. I know that there are some projects that actually use AI, like we were talking about Rosetta using neural networks or AI on... Um, on their project, uh, using it to actually crunch their data. But I haven't really seen many AI projects. And uh, hopefully, we can get some. I know uh, we have Ugly Bag of Mostly Water in here. Yes, that's his name. And uh, (laughs) uh, they say they're working on neural networks. Uh, So hopefully, they can get a project up soon, and we can take a look at that. Did you know that that name comes from a really good episode of Star Trek? I can probably assume that, given that the, (laughs) the profile picture is who is that? That's That's Spock. But it's Spock, not it doesn't yeah.
0: come from the original series. It comes from TNG. It's an episode, if you'll pardon the aside, where they find a silicon-based life form and, and, and data is involved, or data, however you want to say it. And <laughs> it's called home soil. Interesting. Nice. Thank you. And uh yeah, the, the the they end up communicating with the life form, and he just completely slams them, slams the humans because they're being stupid. And was like, "Oh, stop hurting me, you ugly bags of mostly water!" And everyone's like, "Whoa, aggressive!" And Data's like, "Well, he's not wrong." <laughs> what a wonderful episode, and what a wonderful username. I appreciate you, my man.
1: <laughs> I have not watched Star Trek, so thanks, <laughs> thanks for the explanation. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Um, yeah, the main reason why we don't have many AI projects is because, I, as far as I know, there's no real way to uh, train the neural network using a distributed method because most of it is just single threaded and on the same sort of computer. Uh, but there is a way to sort of do that, which is um, where you gather, you get everyone on the network to start up their own AI and train it. And what you do is you do it like a genetic algorithm, where uh, what uh, w- uh, where everyone will make an AI and the best AI will win, and then everyone uses that AI and then trains that AI, and then b- the better AI will win on that next round, and then you just keep doing that until you get the best AI. Uh, SECPOP mentioned federated learning. I did see that somewhere. Uh, that's a new technology uh, of being able to distribute uh, AI, if I'm not mis- uh, AI training, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, yeah, neuroevolution—that's what the genetic AI thing uh, is on about. So, ugly bag of mostly water. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you're doing with AI. So, um, they, when you get your project up and running, be sure to tell us uh, and show us what you got, because uh, I'm very, I'm very uh, interested in seeing some AI projects, and we are very interested in, in creating Skynet here in Boink. we must serve (laughs) all right next did you know uh did you know that we have not created a deadly super bacteria in fact another one another one that if we had i would not be alive (laughs) hey you don't know you might be immune to the to the bacteria
0: oh what a lonely future that would be
1: Uh, yeah it's, it's darwinism the the fittest person wins
0: That's not evolution. I'm sighing and I'm offended. Evolution is not survival of the fittest. Take it back.
1: Survival of the fittest, it is. That is a
0: misrepresentation of the concepts. And the discussion for another time, man.
1: All right, well, anyway, another uh, another one and a good one to finish on. Uh, we have not yet found, uh, did you know that we have not yet found a cure to the coronavirus, and we need one. And there are projects on Boink that are crunching uh, COVID-19 work units so you can help find a cure to um, COVID-19. Uh, hopefully, we'll scan through all the drugs in the existing database and find one that sort of does something good. Um, you probably hear in the news that we are finding some stuff that is good, but we're still in the trial phase, and there's still always room for improvement. Because what we found so far in outside of Boink uh, only helps with it; it doesn't actually fully cure it. So you never know. If you come and crunch on on Boink, you might find something cool, and uh, you might be responsible for saving the human race.
0: Hey, let's keep in mind, like the stuff that we have quote unquote found so far, most of it is not very, you know, effective or real. A lot of it's been hype. Like the the main one, hydroxychloroquine is now dangerous. We've, we've found out once we did actual science to it from or whatever is far too expensive and new to fully understand. The The latest one is just like a standard steroid that people have been using forever. And it's like, it, it, does it actually do something? We got to do some science to it. So there is still an insane amount of need to find uh, a cure and to find the drugs that will actually help. And the way that Boink and COVID interact is the same way that boink and Zika interact. And what happened with that is World Community Grid took a huge database of drugs that already exist, or, well, compounds, and narrowed it down to a very small subset from millions to 20-something to go test. So what we're doing with COVID is trying to... We have millions of drugs out there, and we simulate interactions with uh, the virus or the body, like the ACE receptor, and uh, then we find something that simulates... Uh, a successful interaction, and then instead of having to test a million drugs, we have to test twenty or ten or five.
1: It's uh... and if you wanna, if you wanna help with the fight for COVID nineteen, you can choose uh, a number of projects here in Boink. We got Rosetta at home. We got Well Community Grid, GPU Grid. I think are using the ACE two protein, and also TN Grid are also investigating the ACE two protein.
0: Yep, yep. And uh, the other project we mentioned is Folding at Home. They are doing. Uh, wonderful work as well uh, on covid and i will also add a uh, uh, did you know here at the end uh did you know that the the science the work we're doing with boink is the the benefits we're going to get from it is unknown because the majority of it is foundational research so we're learning about viruses on a foundational level when we're doing this work especially like t grid and that the work with the ace receptor and it's like okay if we understood how viruses work uh, a little better the, than we did when uh, COVID came out, we'd probably be able to handle the situation much better. Uh, so if we understand how asteroids move, uh, then we'll under, then we'll be able to handle uh, an asteroid coming at Earth a little better. If we understand how gravity works or how pulsars create things, then we'll understand, we'll, we'll just be better pre- prepared for problems as they crop up. And also... Forget about just being scared. The proactive stuff we'll be able to do with all this data, with all this knowledge. Think about the the cool things we'll create if we understand how cra- gravity works. Sure, we'll be able to protect ourselves a little better, but we'll also make like gravity plating and and go find a, a a silicate life form that calls us ugly bags of mostly water. So did you know that
1: Boink is freaking awesome? So <laughs> you're about to say if we know how Craig works, then we'll know something more. <laughs> <laughs> Craig is the first AI. Yeah, uh, but anyway, um, the, the uh, going off of that, the uh, foundational science, the most, the project that does the most foundational, uh, the types of projects that do the most foundational science are actually the space ones. Uh, a very important one is from SETI at home, when uh, the project went into hibernation. They started using some of their results to help prove another hypothesis and help with another paper that had absolutely nothing to do with aliens. They were helping um, people figure out whether radio pulses came from certain uh, astronomical bodies. So it's foundational science that can be applied to a whole lot of different stuff.
0: Perfect example. They were trying to look for aliens. They discovered a way to do something that was then used for something else. Had nothing to do with fear or protecting ourselves. They just discovered knowledge and then used it. Oh yeah what a great example man.
1: did you know that we don't have any did you knows left <laughs> we do have a question though from Sackpop. can we
0: develop boink projects uh, that train or can we develop a boink project that trains an ai to
1: improve the boink network how meta can you get yep. so what do we you need an ai that programs more ais and then programs programs
0: uh, the way like i don't know if this is related at all and i don't know too much about this so someone I stand to be corrected, uh, but the the way that the AI is working with protein projects, so with like Folding at Home, and I think with Rosetta at Home, um, is that they're tr- so the the proteins when you fold them someone needs to fold a protein send it back and then you get a new work unit off of that result and they send it forward so i think they're using the ai to kind of figure out the next work unit without having to get a data set back and build new work units off of it and then send that out you know just to simplify that process is that similar to this quest?
1: a little bit similar uh the main purpose of it is actually to just uh because computers can't get that but that good of an accuracy that's of that small on a scale, sometimes they have to use AI to guess where the best sort of um, energy structure is uh, in the protein. But that's a bit more complex than gotcha. it is because like you, you can chop a computer up uh into one two three computers and then a the computer can work on uh 1.25 and then another one can work on 1.25 another one can work on 1.25 but when you start getting into 0.0000001 that's where it starts getting very inaccurate so you need ai to help estimate those inaccuracies okay all right cool all right uh should we do rig of the week
0: you know we got a rig of the
1: week this week? Delta, what do we have? We have some Intel Compute Sticks, I think they call them. Uh, who was it from? It was from SciSci, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, and they have bought a whole bunch of Intel Compute Sticks. They're like little mini computers that you plug into the HDMI port on your TV or something like that, and you can run a whole version of Windows or an operating system on it uh, and just plug it into your TV and use it. Uh, And apparently, SySy has been using them for crunching Boink. And I think the most spectacular thing in the image that they sent was actually the monstrosity in the background.
0: I like the monstrosity in the foreground, personally. Like, what is is that? (laughs) Or something?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that thing, yeah. Also, the box, like, I'm so confused by this box. I think that box is just a little power box, so it actually has a whole bunch of USB ports or something in it, and they're just dangling the Intel Compute sticks <laughs> from the box. <laughs> so
0: precarious, like, what is going
1: on? Yeah, uh, oh. but it's good for cooling, uh, so you definitely want to keep those things cool. So dangling them and keeping them separated by a little bit is good. And, uh, yeah, the great thing about this uh uh these intel compute sticks is that they're cheap you can get loads of them they only use about what 5 10 20 watts of power when they're powered on so they don't cost a lot of power and they can crunch boink so there you go
0: and i yeah i think he said he got like a whole bunch of uh off ebay for like 15 dollars each it's like
1: wow there you go cheaper than raspberry pies Pis
0: kind of expensive damn
1: Yeah, if you get them from retailers, yeah, they're pretty expensive.
0: Well, well, congratulations to SciSci for Rig of the Week. If you, dear listener, are interested in uh, getting in the running for Rig of the Week, jump on the Discord, join the Crunching channel, and post a picture or a video of your rig, and try and give us a little information about it. Uh, just posting a picture or a video is going to make Give it, it a name. Cool. Yeah, tell us what you're crunching with. And if you got a story behind it, you're probably more likely to win Rig of the Week. And Delta, what do you win when you win Rig of the Week?
1: Honor and respect. Honor and respect. <laughs> so, Not boink credits, though. It's only if you do the crunching.
0: <laughs> one day, when we have our own boink team, we will create like a badge for Rig of the Week or something. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So,
1: and then we need an honor and respect badge.
0: We do. We totally do, don't we? Uh, I th- I think we'll have one uh, in the coming coming weeks. I
1: uh, hope. Like I don't know. Let's try. Weeks. Let's do it. Weeks. Yeah. Did you know that it's the end of the episode now?
0: <laughs> have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week, Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, where Delta may or may not have a beverage.
1: Yes, I've got. Some- I think I have something interesting ready to show you guys next week. It's a ball of mozzarella
0: cheese. I can tell already.
1: Close.